Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How's it going? Uh, tired. It's holiday season. Um, we both have kids, uh, parents, in laws, all the Christmas stuff. Good crap. Like, you know, yeah. it's fine. It's hot. It's stressful. It's, like it's you stress, not distress. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's you stress, not me stress. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I first learned that prefix uh because of like a Lord of the Rings thing. Really? Yeah. It's it's not you stress, it's you something else like that, mm. that same prefix. Uh because the Lord of the Rings is um not it it seems happy because the good guys win in the end Mm -hmm. but the story isn't about the individual characters the story is about the world and at the end the world is less magical Mm. than it was because the elves leave right right? they leave middle earth so like if you if you really know a lot about tolkien which i don't i'm taking this all in from people who understand it way better than i do but uh his stories follow this kind of like sad like bittersweet Mm. arc of like we staved off hell right but we have not arrived at heaven, right? right? Frodo leaves the elves leave spoilers, I guess for Lord of the Rings, Frodo leaves the elves leave. Right. So there's like, there is a sadness to their victory where they, they only prevented the worst. They didn't achieve what paradise. And, 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 and I like that though, because a lot of the times the stories that we tell, especially in that medieval genre, is like the victory is without cost you know yes which is it's like we won and now everyone is happy he man beat skeletor and now we're all just fine right you know <laughs> and now he's dead forever yeah now he's dead forever and then the uh hemonauts i don't know um yeah it was he man and the hemonauts hemonauts yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah i, I almost yeah, said he, argonauts i'm like i'm sure that's all right no it was hemonauts roll out yeah i think that was their catchphrase hemonauts <laughs> transform and return return the one true ring to mordor um so but anyway so i I like the the idea though that that the victory has costs and it could just become like a pyrrhic victory where it's like yes you won but at what cost like the world that you left behind is still not the one that you you know that you lived in before you know it everything has a cost yeah and and that's the trend in aggregate right is the world is heading overall toward misery and all we can do is try to be happy with what we have because there's no changing it which is like yeah you should try to be happy with what you have but also that's sad and also to the the narrative of wars can be won without cost is how you get into wars you know like i think that i I don't feel like he had any firsthand experience with war no no not not when the the books came out i don't think there was any big conflicts going on around that time period no That I can recall, according to according to my history books that I were. Did I mention I was raised in Germany? Yeah, during high school. You know, yeah, so. yeah. According to my American public history books, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a a minor kerfuffle. Yeah, uh, I believe a man in a uh, an American flag suit punched a guy with a weird mustache in the face. Yep, and everything was fine. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But outside of that, we uh, we, you know, we've been playing video games and stuff. I think we've done that at some point. Yeah, but before we talk about video games, don't we have to show? Oh, we always have to show. I mean, we got to keep the lights on. But you know, I just kind of figured that. I could kind of ease the transition from Hitler into shilling because <laughs> <laughs> I figured we didn't want those two things to bump and get our patrons confused. That's fair. No, we're not, <laughs> we're not fascists. We're capitalists. Um, 
Also, I feel like it was really low hanging fruit in there to be like, we have to keep the Christmas lights on. Uh, uh, this episode's uh, actually going to come out of Christmas, but I don't care because yeah. for us right now, it's yeah. before Christmas. Well, no, because I mean, like, like you know, for some of us, it might just be the holiday lights, you know, and that's just that's insensitive. true. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I'm not upset. I am just disappointed yeah. and upset. I am. Um, <laughs> You know, because I'm, as you know, and our listeners probably don't, I'm not religious. Yeah. Um, on the, this is one of the things I have just had a hard time internalizing mm. when people are like, oh, happy holidays. It's not because I find it offensive. I don't care. I understand. I even agree with it. Yeah. But I just, I grew up celebrating Christmas. Yeah. So to me, this time of year is Christmas time, yeah. right? And Lord knows you cannot look anywhere or do anything without being inundated with Christmas crap. So, uh, but you are correct. You are the, the more, uh, liberal of the two of us. Um, Make a badge. <laughs> if, uh, if you want to support the more liberal of the two of us, uh, you should subscribe to the podcast. You should tell a friend. Uh, referrals better than reviews, but reviews still welcome. Go five star, all the five star things. Uh, links for how to reach out to us and get in contact with us, uh, which I have not thought of a pithy way to say this now because kind of not using Twitter anymore. If you ping me, I will respond and direct you to another channel of communication. So I need tweet at me is like it's so concise god damn it um contact form toot, we have a contact form toot, toot at you toot, toot, toot at me toot, toot at me that does not have the same ring man nah but <laughs> it will if it becomes mainstream because i remember when twitter was young and tweet was also dumb as hell yeah that's fair we we, we just became desensitized to yeah. it yeah um but we have a contact form that's that's probably the easiest yeah. right because anybody can use that you don't have to have any accounts anywhere um all that crap links in the show notes uh if you want to support us you can give us money and if you give us any amount of money you get the after show which is just more show yeah right um sometimes about the game sometimes about other things it's it's more so that if you enjoy not necessarily us talking about video games but us talking (laughs) it's that that's fair that's fair yeah it's usually nerdy right yeah D &D, star trek yeah it's i would say it's either nerdy or philosophical i think that we tend to (laughs) yeah that's fair yeah like one, one of those two camps it's either like hey what do you think about star trek next generation or I have a deep, I think that philosophically, here's the difference between these two very bizarre concepts, you know? Yeah. Huh. Everybody has to have a niche. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So if you want all of that, you only have to support at the $1 level. But mm-hmm. if you support at a high enough level, we will shout your name out on the show. So first, we need to thank our 8-bit classics, Kevin, John, Jason, Yarno, and Jacob, and our 16-bit hero, Michael. And for one thousand uh, dollars, Lions and I will choreograph a five-minute-long dance, perform it, and send you the video of it. That one scares me less than writing a song. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, because we don't have to write the song; we just have to choreograph the. Graph- in fact, we'll let you send us the music, and we'll choreograph the dance to that. A little scared now. L- a little, a little more scared now. Little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they could send like Irish step dancing music, which they is could, ha- super hard, right? Yeah. I guess we we could do any kind of dance regardless of the music. Yeah, I, I figured that we we would do the uh, forget you from CeeLo Green. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd be a good one. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, so we've we've shielded now. We feel better. Um, for our mailbag question, uh, this actually I this is from me. This is my Christmas mm. gift to myself is <laughs> uh, I thought up this question. And I was like, oh, I wanna, I'm I'm curious about it. Um, so it is as we record this before Christmas in mm-hmm. in uh, in the United States where we celebrate uh, capitalism. So I was thinking, is there a game, a system, something that was like a Christmas video gamey themed memory that you have? Uh, and I will I will will share with you uh, the story that I think I've probably shared a few times about uh, getting Final Fantasy seven. Um, but I wanted to actually back up to the Christmas that I got the PlayStation mm. because 
uh, when I was very small, my brother got the Nintendo. Mm. And then for uh, Christmas, you know, years later, he got the Super Nintendo. And then when I got the Sega Genesis, I think that was for my birthday, Mm. right? But the PlayStation, that was mine. My brother had stopped playing video games at that point. That was for me. Like I said, my friend has gotten a PlayStation. That's where the Final Fantasy series is going, right? So I was getting it in anticipation of playing Final Fantasy VII, uh, which also later became a Christmas story. Um, but I, the the thing I mostly remember is not ripping the paper off and shrieking like, oh my God, it's a place. It's that years later, I was just like, oh, this was my first mm. console, right? Even right. though... I played the way more video games than my brother ever did, but they were always technically his. Right. Right. And so it's like, that was my first, Oh, this Christmas gift that is video games is my video games. Nice. Nice. Now that, that, that that's pretty awesome. And there is a, a certain je ne sais quoi to like actually owning the thing because then you're not renting it. It can't, it's yours. It can't suddenly be taken away from you. You know, uh, it, 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 it is, Yours to the which degree to which you can own things when you're not over 18, you know, right. anything <laughs> can be taken away from you. But and sometimes it was. Yes. Uh, so I think that so kind of what we were talking about a little bit before we got started is that for me, it's a little difficult to uh, distill Christmas gifts from birthday gifts because I was born in June and Christmas is in December. So like I just remember there being always like this rhythm or cycle, you know, because everything's six months apart. Right. So. I can't remember for sure whether or not this was a Christmas story or a birthday story, but I think it was a Christmas one, which is when uh, I had asked for Super Mario Paint for Christmas. And I think I might have shared the story on the on the channel before, but basically, uh, you know, I was very, very excited about it because it was like, oh, it was like, uh, you know, MS Paint, but Mario themed and very, very excited about it. Then we played it later and I was like, eh, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, you should go check out that episode. Yeah, spoilers for that episode. <laughs> yeah, you should go check out the episode. Links in the, sh- in the show notes um, <laughs> that I don't have to make. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Moby Dick in the show notes. Yeah. You can just, you <laughs> the whole put, thing. Yeah, put anything in there. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but um, uh, so my mom tried to buy it, and then like there was some type of an issue where she couldn't couldn't get it worked out. Like that, she didn't have the right hardware, and then she bought additional hardware, but then she needed to buy more hardware, and then eventually she came to me and she said. Uh, George, I can either continue to throw money into this, or um, I can buy you a Sega Genesis. <laughs> Which would you prefer? Because from her point is, they were about the same cost. You could return everything she, she had invested in it, and then get the Genesis, and then be done with it. Or you know, so he was like, either or. And from my seat, I was, I was like, a single video game or a gaming console. I was like, the Genesis. And she said, okay. So. Uh, I, I remember like getting the thing on Christmas, being very excited and then disappointed for like a month while all of this played out and then very excited. But the gift of the Magi is that uh, she didn't get you any games. No, <laughs> you yeah. had the console like, yeah. hey, a Sega Genesis. What games can I play? Oh, no. We said Mario Paint or, or a Sega Genesis. We never spoke about Sega Genesis games. Yeah. But then uh, ultimately, one of my uh, other um, relatives got me uh, Lee Harvey's put putting challenge uh and that excellent was game it is yeah not necessarily the one i was looking for but uh you know because i mean i wanted to be thrill house yeah you know? but it, it made you the man you are today <laughs> <laughs> all right so we have been playing video games but you have also been playing video games so what have you been playing and why should i care 
Uh, so one game I know you care about is I have been playing God of War Ragnarok. Woo! I uh, do care about that. Yeah, it's it's no, no, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. It's it's really good if you like God of War four, right? It mm-hmm. is more of the same in every sense of that that phrase, right? It I think it's built on the same or a very similar engine. Yeah. It looks the same but a little bit better, right? The the combat mechanics are it, it's it's more of the same game, right? But that's high praise. Uh, because the first one's really good. Yeah, it's right? <laughs> really, really good. I mean, so basically, uh, I, I tried playing God of War for a while back, and I just put it down for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, lines, you've kind of prodded me to play it a few times. But then uh, uh, a friend of mine at work, Steve, said uh, um, something, 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 God of War. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I started playing that, and then I just never finished it. And he just stared at me dead and said, you are a monster. <laughs> and and I said, oh, well, I should I should probably sit down and play this, especially because Ragnarok was coming out, right? And so uh, I sat down and just started, pl- and I let you know I was starting to play it. And then all of a sudden, you know, I said, "Oh yeah, something, something, something." So I just did this thing in God of War uh, Ragnarok, and you're like, "Oh, you've already finished God of War 3. And I was like, <laughs> yes. "Good game, man." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, work and kids and yeah. life is busy. From my point of view, on like Monday morning, you were like, "Oh yeah, I started God of War 4. and then like Monday afternoon, <laughs> you were like, "Oh, I just did this major story thing in God of War Ragnarok," and I was like, "Huh? <laughs> Wait." <laughs> That can't be right. But uh, yeah, God of War 4 is, uh, it's good. It's yeah. good. And it is a good continuation. Like, I don't feel that they, uh, at any point, you know, kind of, a lot of times with stuff like this, you see them walk back things that have happened in the previous game because they're like, well, we want to hit the same notes, you know? So it's like, it's like, for example, in Solo, like the Han Solo movie, where it's like, ah, he learns to not just be a jerk thief, but a thief with a heart of gold. It's like, so what happened in episode four? Yeah. You know, we, we did that. Yeah, Late, but later. Yeah, so he <laughs> he learned it and then apparently forgot all of it and then learned it again. So they they don't do that. It is a nice continuation to me. One of the not to uh, steal all of the bandwidth, but one of the, to me the nicest things is that uh, Kratos calls Atreus Atreus and not boy anymore. Yes. Like that that little thing that's super important. You know. There, so I am further in the game than you are. Um, I I think by like a fair amount now because mm-hmm. you you had to stop for a little bit. Um, there is a scene that uh plays out in probably like the back third of the game and i literally pointed at the screen like that leonardo dicaprio meme uh <laughs> is that wolf of wall no is that wolf of wall street yes I he's, think so. he's got yeah. like the cigarette in his yeah. hand and the drink um yeah I, I literally pointed at the screen and went george is gonna text me when he gets to this part <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this is this whole scene was written for him which means these people are spying on him <laughs> Which is fantastic. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of what Kratos does is not worth emulating, but he does occasionally have some great lines in there to where I've, I've said to Megan, like, I'm going to say these things to our son. And she's like, <laughs> don't parent like Kratos. And I'm like, I don't think that I should be like Kratos as a parent. But that doesn't mean that everything he does is irredeemable. Like uh, my favorite one that we've both said a number of times, which is the don't be sorry, be better. But also the one that you shared with me, and I just recently got to the place, which was the, uh, you know, uh, like you are not strong now, but you will one day be strong. And then Atreus says, "Stronger than you? If you are not, then I have failed as a father." And it's like, "Yeah, man." Yeah, yeah. No, and that's so that happens in Ragnarok, right? Yes. And uh, I think part of what is so solid about the way they're telling stories with these characters is not only is it narratively a direct continuation, but it is like social emotionally a direct continuation, right? Like the, to your point, they didn't reset the clock on Kratos reset the clock on Atreus and on all the other gods and all the other characters. Like there is 
the narrative is so continuous that on the title screen for the game, Mm -hmm. the first option is not start a new game. It is God of War recap, right? Because it is so critical that you understand where these characters have come from because you are about to see the next place that they go, right? That Mm -hmm. that's I man, I don't know if I can think of another narrative game that was there's no major jump in time. Like you could essentially sit down and play God of War and then sit down and play God of War Ragnarok as one like 80 hour game. Oh, absolutely. Right? And actually, uh, one of the things that so uh, my wife got really into because occasionally I'll play a game like God of War and uh, Megan starts to watch it like as a TV show, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so she got into that about halfway through God of War four, you know, and uh, and so then um, so now I'm not allowed to play it without her. Right. So sometimes when she puts the kids to bed i have like 20 minutes myself so i will actually power up the game and like start playing because then i can kind of get past some of the sloggy combat because i really enjoy the combat because i'm playing the game but she's like yeah it's just combat right those are her commercials right exactly right so that's when she gets on her phone right (laughs) um so i literally queued up the new game and i was like okay you know maybe they'll just be like so i watched the recap and all this sort of stuff and so you start heading home i'm like okay well i'll get get home and as i'm heading home you you see like a character a character way down the road in front of you who you know was an enemy in in god of war and i was like oh hey look it's this person i wonder if they were able to work it out and then the person lunges at you with a knife and like stabs <laughs> you in the shoulder i paused it i said guess not better wait for megan <laughs> <laughs> nope it's, still unhappy oh, oh oh uh unfortunate so but to your point right no time passed. i didn't have to like learn her new mode their new motivations or anything like that you know so uh yeah um, the other game that I'm playing is Final Fantasy 14, which is the on the second online one. So Final Fantasy 11 and then Final Fantasy 14. Um, and we're not going to talk about that today because we have another main topic. Uh, but when we get around to it, I will probably be able to provide some evidence to explain that this game has consumed my life. <laughs> like, like I have already put more hours into this game than I typically put into several games Hmm. so you know it's an mmo so there's like the chat box and i was like oh i wonder how long i've been playing because Mm. i I bought the game directly through square so i don't have like the steam Mm. like how long you've you've played each game thing uh so i i found out you can type something like game time or play time Mm -hmm. or something uh as like a, a command into the chat and uh, I realized that very early on, you know, because the way you format numbers matters. Yeah. You, you might know this as a scientist. Like if you've ever dealt with a scientist in uh, certain parts of Latin America, they use commas and decimals, right. the opposite of how we do. Yeah, it's uh, weird. But which yes. can cause, say, like a Mars lander to crash. It's it's in that category of things. It, it is in that category. <laughs> but the problem with the Mars lander it was is feet, it was feet and meters, right? Yeah, that, that one's like more inexcusably dumb because we, we are just stubborn. That's not like yes. a tomato, tomato. <laughs> one system is clearly better and we just have the money enough to like be stubborn about it, you know? But, well, and of all people, you would expect scientists to be metric. Yes. Right? Well, and, and, and scientists are generally metric, except for some American scientists that get weirdly stubborn about it. Uh, and which is why it just blows my mind whenever I say to somebody like for today example is I'm like oh it's nine degrees outside people are like oh that's really cold I'm like Celsius and they're like why are you in Celsius I'm like you're a scientist we should all be in Celsius (laughs) we should all be in Celsius right now (laughs) but uh but yes sometimes there are some uh um formatting differences uh with with things like that including time yeah uh so very early in the playtime they have to start formatting it in days Mm. so when i checked 
two weeks ago, I had already been playing for over two days. Yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of typed it and then it pops up as like a response in the chat. And I sort of sat back in my chair and went, huh, <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't the game is so big. The fact that I have put almost a week's or over a week's worth of work into the game does not feel like like, oh, but, you know, I'm right near the end. It's I've ages and ages and ages <laughs> left to go right so it's a uh, kind of a weird it's I, i'm not an mmo guy right we'll, we'll get to all that uh some other time but um that that has been like an all-consuming life experience but a positive one uh i don't know if my family and job would agree but like for me it's been positive well i mean eventually if your job disagrees your job will fix that problem for you they will i assume let me know probably <laughs> with a pink piece of paper um but what are you playing why should i care well, so the the main thing I am playing is God of War Ragnarok. That's that's where I'm focusing most of my time because you know it's a great narrative game, and uh, Megan, uh, you know, now we are at the point where I am not allowed to play it without her, right? So, um, so because of that, there are times when I want to play video games without Megan, and I was spending all that time playing a game uh, recommended to me by a very very dear friend of mine whose opinion I very deeply respect. That was uh, your first mistake. Yes, uh, Near Automata <laughs> was recommended to me by you. And, um, you know, I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to play this game. I've always kind of wanted to play it. I, I know it does some very interesting things. I was like, I'm going to play this game. And then I think it was maybe five, eight days ago, something like that. I texted you and said, um, this game is pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we had like a very quick back and forth. And, and so at this point is because it had done a couple of things that had like raised my eyebrow to where I was like, no, nah, I don't really like that. But you know, I don't want to be that old curmudgeon where like every little thing has to go perfectly exactly the way I want it. So I was like, eh, I don't really like that mechanic. And then I hit like a particular place in the game where I was just table flippingly angry. <laughs> so I then took several notes. Uh, obviously, while I was completely level headed, um, not when I was not when I was emotionally compromised at all for us to discuss today. So um, so what what our plan is, is to kind of go through these things, because what my guess is. So I'm not saying that Nier Automata is a bad game. I am saying that I don't like it, right? Um, it is clearly a very critically acclaimed game, right? And you liked it very much, right? Um, so I think that this is going to be a situation where uh, we can probably both agree on the things that it's doing. It's just the things that I don't like mean more to me than you, you'll probably say, like, oh, yeah, that was also a thing I didn't care for, but I don't really care, right? Yeah. And I, I knew uh, this conversation was going to probably go that way when... Uh, I, and, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember exactly how it was phrased, but uh, you said like something, something, maybe I just don't really like JRPGs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, it's not really a JRPG. And you essentially went like, honestly, <laughs> why not? Yeah. And like, I went, how is this not a JRPG? And I was like, I have just become intensely aware of my biases. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you sent me the shrug emoji. Like, I, I don't know. Like, just. Yeah. Yeah, to me, to me, and and this is my bias: is a JRPG is not an action game, and this is an action game. But this is the Japaneseiest Japanese game in all of Japan. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is it. I I don't really follow a lot of game developers, and even I know some of the things about the guy who like made this universe. So, for example, if you've never seen any Nier Automata like uh, artwork or anything, everyone is essentially dressed like a Lolita mm -hmm. or a French maid, right? Like high boots, uh, you know, low cut uh, dress, big poofy shoulders. They they look like 
sex dolls yeah. essentially right like a, a very stereotypical kind of like lolita and apparently in an interview someone asked him why all of these murder robots dress that way and he went i like the way it looks <laughs> and it's like oh so your whole universe has this entire aesthetic that is literally just the aesthetic there's no mechanical reason there's no in-universe narrative reason and he was like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep yeah and and that's that's not necessarily like a japanese thing but like that uh there's like a very square enix um that kind of uh pseudo victorian mm-hmm. kind of style yeah. like they there's a lot of that in a lot of their pop art and stuff and it's just like yeah no there's a jrpg there's nothing I, <laughs> there's nothing i could do or say about it it's a, it's a game made in japan with role-playing elements published by friggin square enix yeah. like how am i gonna argue this is yeah. not a jrpg Pu- published by square enix like the the, the way that it levels is very similar the way that you you know craft weapons is similar the way the, the theming is very similar the story elements are very similar so we're like this isn't a jr this isn't a jrpg and and in my mind as we were having that text message conversation that is i said the only difference is that this is not turn-based right mm-hmm. and then and your response was i think the only difference is that it's not turn-based i was like okay so then we agree yes. <laughs> yeah yeah and we're, we're about to i think probably ag- agree a lot and yeah. feel very differently about yeah, it yes it's, it's it's like this isn't a jrpg it's just a japanese role-playing Role. game. <laughs> uh anyway so okay uh just to start us off because i've got some notes that are stronger than others right so, so i'm sorry let me let me ask you up top um you do not plan to finish the game not as it stands presently okay so would you be okay with me talking about any story spoilers yeah it's fine okay so then for the audience somewhere throughout this conversation there's a good chance story spoilers are going to come up and i think this game is worth playing literally just for the story like it's a fun game but uh so if you really hate that i guess now's the time to switch off um because i'm I'm not going to come back and put in timestamps and tell you where the spoilers are like and also too like for me some of your spoilers may entice me to go back and play the game because i might be like ah if the story is doing this then i might actually want to see how that plays out but uh um so so like i said some of my notes are stronger than others so i'm going to sandwich them a little bit so i'm going to come out strong and then it's going to get a little weaker and then <laughs> finish strong. Yeah. It's uh, like a compliment sandwich. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I hate the saving mechanic. Savings unacceptable. Yeah. Any game that still uses this way of saving is dumb and needless. And, and <laughs> before you say, Oh, well it's, it's stories, but there's a million different w- ways you can handle the story element that doesn't require you to save this way. So I will let you rebut. And then I, I will tell you why, <laughs> especially at this phase of my life, this f- saving is unacceptable. So uh, I think I could speculate on why at this phase of our lives, it's unacceptable <laughs> because even I rolled my eyes at like, Oh God. It, but the game is very clear. Like, but you better save. Oh yeah. I, um, my, no, at no point did I get landmined where yeah. I, like in, in, uh, what was it? Diablo one. <laughs> where I was just like, Oh, I just lost an hour yeah. of my life. No, I knew what I was getting yeah. into, but uh, mm-hmm. my, my, my speculation is the reason they do that is because it is very narratively important all throughout the story, right? From basically the first little mission you do to the way the game ends. It is very important that you, the player inextricably link you saving with the characters backing themselves up to the, the server that's on the the space station. So when you save, like, yes, you are pressing buttons to save and you are literally in universe making them back up their data to the server. And that matters because the very first thing you do is kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the reason the story can continue is because you have backups on the server, right? And so, like, there's they, they set the tone of, like, 
death has consequences, but it's not the end. Right. And then as, and I mean, big spoiler, um, one of the, the things that I used to attribute to you, cause I thought it meant you had played the game was the, uh, the true ending of the game actually invites you to delete your save file right right as a way to go and like oh now your save will go and like help other people who are struggling to get the true ending Mm -hmm. so i still think it's unfortunate because that happened at a time in history when we had gotten so so drunk on (laughs) on autosave and suspend the game and all that stuff uh but it's what they chose to do, yep. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so that's the thing. Is that I, I get the idea that it's like narratively important, right? But I still think that there are ways to, um, you know, link to, to still, so. So the idea is that what you don't want, right, is you don't want the whole heiress uh, dying situation where it's like I had five phoenix down. Explain to me why this is a problem, right? You know, so if like you can back yourself up whenever, right? Then I mean, but even. So again, like what you could do is, is again, like there could just be like a suspend mode, right? To your point where it's, it's the game is saying mechanically you, 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 you are pausing the universe, right? You have suspended the universe. Here's your suspend file, right? Like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This isn't really happening. Like you are going to walk away for 20 hours, come back. You're going to pick up exactly where you were because no time passed in universe, right? That's an elegant solution to it, right? Even if you wanted to say like that, oh, when you quick save, right? That you are backing yourself up, but there is a chance for corruption when you do that, right? Even though, wink, wink, it's never going to corrupt your file unless it's narratively important that that happen, right? You know, so I, again, I think that there are a number of different ways to achieve the same narrative end. Um, but instead, they went with this way because, again, it's a very Japanese RPG, right? And so they're like, oh, well, this is, this is a tool in our tool belt. We've used it before. Why not use it here, right? Um, and again, I think it does It does solve that problem. I just think that there are more elegant solutions. And the reason why I particularly hate this is not only because can a million different things happen in our adult lives right now that's going to cause me to immediately need to walk away from this game, right? And then maybe forget that I had, you know, put the PlayStation in the rest mode and now my son comes in and plays a game and I've just lost all this time, right? Not only can that happen, but even when that's not going to happen, what I don't appreciate is, and I could not have articulated this articulated this before the age of 37 right (laughs) is um i don't like having to figure out the exact amount of chunk of gameplay i can play yeah you know like i don't like sitting there where i'm at a save spot and being like okay am i signing up for another five minutes 20 minutes i don't know like i've got another 10 minutes to play video games and i want to keep playing this game i want to keep giving you my time but since you're saying like well i don't know man this might i might need 20 minutes of your time it's like well i can't give you 20 minutes so I guess I'm done playing video games and now I have this really inconvenient amount of time before I have to go do something else. So I guess I'll scroll on my phone and that's that's what what where I was like, no, unacceptable, yeah. you know? Well, and uh, this game was originally, I think, on the PS4 mm-hmm. and then it was ported to PC later. Mm-hmm. And now we, you and I both played it on the PS5 and I think it was actually just recently ported to the Switch, mm-hmm. which seems unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe that game can run on that Run, it runs yeah. on the switch hardware um uh and it's probably on xbox i don't care um but <laughs> what, what what i was gonna get at is uh pcs typically don't have any way to suspend right mm. um but the ps4 and the ps5 do the xbox i'm sure also does the switch certainly does right um so i think it's interesting to 
basically take away a hardware capability, mm-hmm. right? And say, well, you can suspend the game and walk away, but there's risk there, right? right? Because uh, what's critical, and I, I don't remember if you said this, so I apologize if I'm repeating it, mm-hmm. but not only do you have to manually save, but you have to manually save where saving is possible. Right, and, and that's li- the problem. It literally says on screen, saving possible. Right. <laughs> right? I, I would not have, it would not have bothered me as much to manually save. Like that, for the sake of the narrative, I could have gotten past to say like, hey, you need to go in and do a thing, yeah, right? You got to press a, a button in a menu. Yeah, because then again, you know, it's like, I'll play the game to the degree to which I want to play the game. And and again, if I then die and it, I didn't have to now reboot the last time I backed myself up, I'd be like, okay, again, I wouldn't have been in love with it, but I would say like, that makes narrative sense, you know? But again, to say like, nah, man, you got to, yeah, are you up in for another 20 minutes? I, I don't know if I can <laughs> up for another 20 minutes. Dude, I need another 20 minutes or maybe five. Who knows? <laughs> could be a big cutscene. could be a big boss fight you don't know yeah you don't yeah. know yeah and so that that is that is one of those things that i i not too long ago would have said like this is objectively bad right and i now know and i, I think you would probably agree like this is subjectively bad mm-hmm. this makes it so that there are certain experiences that are like kind of not available to us it's like oh i would like to engage with this game but for reasons I have to engage with it on its terms and I can't meet those terms. Right. right? Which sometimes I, I, I always respect it artistically because there are other games where I have abused suspend mm-hmm. and then I come back and I'm like, I don't know what I was doing because I stopped like mid axe swing, right? right? Like the, I, I so aggressively abused the suspend capability that I'm just like, Oh, I did what, what was I doing? Where was I going? What do I care about? Right. So there's, there's, there's uh downsides to both extremes oh yeah there's definitely downsides about the extreme so i think that to me making the game more accessible you know like i i always err on that side like so for example you know again celeste's assist mode right uh even dark souls right because i know that the whole thing of dark souls is it's like incredibly punishing but i would love to just play dark souls and like know the mechanics know the lore like that would be fun for me but that will never happen for me because i will never (laughs) play that game because i can't turn down the difficulty and i don't want to get good you know so just that's i don't get to have that degree of empathy with more humans you know so again like i I will always um err on that i've got two uh minor throwaway ones just to 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 throw out there which is one and i know there was a narrative reason it might get better the map is useless, right? And they tell you the map's useless, right? So it's goddamn useless. Yeah. I mean, it's completely it's completely meaningless, right? So, you know, there are areas where it looks like you should be able to get there, but you totally can't. There are areas where you can get there, but it looks like you shouldn't be able to. They'll put a marker on your map and you'll say, but then you can't say, okay, like, now let me look at where the marker is. I couldn't figure out how to, like, move the map around without having it weirdly give me bizarre angles. Looking at the mini map is a travesty. And they say like, oh, our map resolution is garbage. So I was like, maybe this is like a thing that gets better. It does not. Then why? I, I mean, don't... there's no way the game isn't capable of doing this better. So Yeah. Uh, no, it's narratively, they just decided we're not going to give you a super useful map. And I think that sucks because, <laughs> uh, because of exactly what you just said, which is this game is beautifully rendered yes right it's a gorgeous 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 game the music's amazing yes oh my god i I would buy the soundtrack on vinyl like it's really good although the the one the one this is slightly tangential but the one good good and bad thing i'll say the music is the music's amazing i would listen to it all day long i sometimes feel that the epicness of the music does not correlate to what you're doing it it can't they can (laughs) get out of sync depending on what your combat style is like well because sometimes one time i was just walking across the desert trying to get from point a to point b and there's this 
beautiful aria being <laughs> sung. And Megan actually said from, I went upstairs because I stopped playing. I went upstairs and Megan said, hey, seems like your video game's getting pretty intense. I'm like, super not. <laughs> just, I'm just, <laughs> just walking to the store. I, I, I'm going, I got on the bus. <laughs> yeah, this is riding on a bus music. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> the uh, the resistance camp right yeah you uh you kind of make that your home base for a long time right mm-hmm. and then of course like there's an all is lost moment and then it like springs back right but uh if you uh could picture the resistance camp map like in your mind there's a big open area and there's a bunch of like burned out buildings and there's this like alleyway that's kind of shaped like a like a zig right so you like you go straight and then right and then left and then you're in the resistance camp um and there are burned out buildings between you and the resistance camp right Mm -hmm. but you can see through them so there are burned out buildings everywhere and because they all are filled with invisible mario 64 walls yep i just learned to not poke at things that looked like they were obviously traversable because the game has the areas it wants you to go and areas that are rendered so well to make the world look believable, right? right? Uh, you can walk through that building. It's like the one damn building in the game. And the reason I found out is because I was running, right? So I'm holding like forward on the left stick and I reached up to scratch my beard. So I took my hand off of the right stick, you know, cause I, I, I'm one of the, I don't know if everybody does this. Like I steer with the camera yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I took my, my, my hand off the, con- or one of my hands off the controller and I was thinking, Oh, I will just run into the wall. And then when I put my hand back on the controller and I just passed through it and had this out of body disassociative <laughs> experience where I was just like, I've been able to walk through this the whole time. And because the people who made this game are constantly doing little winks and nudges to the camera, I did they mean for me to have this feeling? Like, is this a feature <laughs> of the game design? Right. <laughs> but then that created the problem of now I went back to poking at other walls and things because every 10,000th time you can walk through that like broken down door, that smashed out window. And there's like a little piece of treasure back there. And I, I, I had the conscious feeling of, I am not going to do that. I am not going to doom uh, against, <laughs> against every single brick in search of treasure. Like I, that will ruin my enjoyment. Right. Yeah, no, and so yeah, agreed, a hundred percent. There's there's a bunch of areas you can get to, a bunch of areas that you theoretically can get can get to eventually, but not right now. And that just gets old at some point because I'm like, how many times do I have to? And then that brings me to one of the other notes, which is there's a ton of backtracking, especially at the beginning before you open open up the fast travel system. And this is one where I was like, I know this bothers me for sure because lions is willing to play games where this is like a core component and i won't touch 90 percent of them you know yeah it so once you unlock the fast travel the game gets more of a an open world like hub and spoke mm-hmm. feel but it's many hours in like it's a solid probably five to ten hours before you unlock fast travel so you're doing a lot of running around yeah and it's it can be exacerbated depending on how much side content you're engaging with right you might have picked inefficient quests to do in an inefficient order so you just happen to be doing 10 times as much backtracking as is actually required but you have no way to know that right well and also too this game does a very jrpg thing where it says like hey man there's a fork in the road one of these forks leads to the story and one of the forks leads to side treasure which one do you want to do? And it's like, well, I want, I want to do the side treasure because I want to just go get that. And then, and then I want to go to the main story, but then you're like, walk, 
three quarters of the way down a hallway and be like, is this the main story? Maybe, maybe I should go the other way. And then sometimes I would go accidentally down the side corridor because I didn't even see the main corridor and then spend 10 minutes jumping around. And I remember in one of them, there's an area where you leave, you're in the sewers, you then leave the sewers and you go and you get like this sword, you know, your secondary heavy item. Yeah. Right? Um, there is a million different places where it looks like you should be able to leave that area, right? Yep, but you have to go back through the sewer. But you have to go back through the sewer, <laughs> right? But but the thing is, I went back through the sewer, and for whatever reason, the the stairwell to get up to the way I wanted to go, I just wasn't seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I literally went back down the sewer, which is fine. I slid all the way back down, and then I wandered. <laughs> which was, was a cool animation. She it, looks very badass. She, she does. That looks badass. But then I was like, maybe maybe I just missed where I was supposed to go. So I climbed all the way back up the ladder, and I just... Uh, uh, against like 50 different walls i'm like no maybe i'm supposed to go back down so i went back down the sewer i actually did that about three times before i happened upon the thing but going up and down and up and down and up and down I'm like this this isn't this isn't what i'm in it for right and again some of that's on me and and i thought about this compared to like god of war right and i feel that a lot of the times the way that god of war and similar games approach it was where they'll say like hey man here's this cool chest and it's like there's a fork in the road and here's a cool chest that you know for a fact is optional right because it's locked, right? And it's got like the ruins that lock it. And he's just like, yeah, man, so go this way and dink around over here if you want to unlock this chest. Or you can just ignore that and then go the other way. But there's some type of an identifier that says, hey, you're going down a side quest, you know? It, it could be an audio line from a character saying, hey, is this what we really want to be doing, you know? And you say, yes, I'm Kratos. I do whatever I want whenever I want or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but so, so that the, the backtracking did become uh, problematic for me. So, so this is actually, and I said we're not going to talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, this is something that because Final Fantasy XIV is an MMO and they MMOs, I didn't realize part of their game design is here is everything you could ever want to know about everything forever, mm. right? Like there are no secrets. All the information is basically accessible to you all the time, right? Help menus, in-universe stuff. Um, and one of the things they do is there's an icon that, you know, it's like over a character's head, like this is a, a quest character. Go mm. talk to them. Yep. And there are four of those. There's the main quest one, which mm-hmm. looks like a little bubble with a, a bang in it, but it's like on fire, right? So it's like super dramatic. There's side quest, which is just a little bubble with the bang in it. And then there's um, when you turn in a quest, it's got a little green check. And then when you are, uh, it's you're like locked off from a quest. It's the same thing, but it's got a little lock and key and it's red. So you can literally just, you can look at the map. You can look at the mini map. You can look around the world because characters have them over their heads. And like right now I'm trying to get through this section of main story. So flaming bu- bubbles is like all I'm looking that's for it. because I know that's what I want. And the side quest will just wait for me forever because that's how MMOs are designed. Right? So like, that's a little video gamey heavy on the telegraphing, right? Whereas the God of War is like way more like in universe. Kratos is surveying the land and can see like, oh, there's treasure over there. But there's also, you know, the God I have to go punch in the butt over here. So mm-hmm. like I, I, I want some amount of that telegraphing yeah. just because it's really annoying to pick wrong, get 95% of the way down the wrong hallway and then be like, oh, there's the God that I have to punch in the butt. Which means I have to run all the way back and then take the boat and then go down the elevator and do this other thing to go get that treasure chest. Right. And then also, too, I think that making it clear what the what you get out of it. Right. So this game does a thing that actually a lot of uh, RPGs have started doing. And I get that it's super easy for the game designer. I don't care for it. Right. Which is um, if I got one more clump of rust, I was going to shoot everyone. Right. You know. (laughs) Full, full up on clumps of rust, right? 
So, but the thing is that they'll say like, hey man, you want to craft this awesome item? I'm like, yeah, man, I do. And, and the thing is they only give you, you know, five items that you can craft, right? So it's not like the god end game sword that's going to make me walk through everything. It's like the most powerful sword I can reasonably get at this level. Okay. Or upgrading my current sword. It's like, yeah, man, you need like 20 clumps of rust, 20 copper iron ore, and one god tier given to you by the goddess uh, Faerith herself, right? And it's like, okay, well, I have a hundred of the first two things, and I guess I will get the second thing when you're ready for me to have this item, which is just giving me the item with extra steps, mm-hmm. you know? I hate that. And and to be fair, a lot of games, this is not just Nier Automata that does this. God of War does it to a degree where I'm like, oh, I now need slag deposits. And I've never seen a slag deposit anywhere in this game so far. So I guess I just don't get to have this yet. But again, it's just at that point, it's like, then just give me the thing. Why am I crafting this? You yeah. Know? Yeah. What is the point of a crafting system if you narratively decide when I'm crafting? Right. Like that's, I feel like crafting is unless you're playing Minecraft, like the whole point of having a crafting system is I choose how much to engage with the crafting system. Well, and also too, not only do you choose how much to engage with the crafting system, but the idea is if it's like, hey man, you know, at about this time in the story, I'm going to expect for you to have a hundred clumps of rust, right? Which means you can then spend all of it on some awesome plate mail or spend it getting like some decent armor and then maybe a decent sword or all of it on the sword or all of it on like this thing, you know, but the idea is that it says like, hey, here's a resource that you can use to kind of do anything, right? But, um, you know, do do with it what you will so that way you can augment your play style, right? And then also too, hey man, if you just want to kind of, you know, if you say, hey, I want both, I want the awesome sword and the awesome armor, it's like, that's great. Then spend more time honing, especially on an action game. I'm really tolerant of that because I can spend tons of time getting me, the player, better while I am then making my avatar more powerful. So if I did want to play this game on easy mode, I could say, I'm just going to spend 10 hours up front grinding like a madman, and then I'll go get the best of everything and then walk through the next 20 hours of gameplay. But that's the way I want to play it, right? So when when it just says, you know, like the, oh, you're missing this, because, and it's just particularly insulting when it says, 100 out of 20 items needed, 100 out of 20 items needed, 0 out of 5. And it's like, okay, so the first two items are completely meaningless. Got it, you know? Uh, So let me tell you a story. Um, (laughs) Because I I played part of this game, probably two two or three streams, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, some of our patrons who are in chat were uh, commenting, because a big fan of the series, because this game actually falls in the middle of a larger narrative universe. Um, they, you know, they could all be taken independently. Uh, but I realized 30 hours into the game, I was like, Oh, in the description for this one thing, it says has something like very straightforward, like has no function can be sold. Yes. Right. And so they want to, instead of just handing you money, because it's weird if the robots are all carrying wallets, you collect robot bits and then you sell them to the right people and then they give you money. Right. Mm-hmm. So you are essentially like a gatherer and right. they're, they're trading you into the economy. And now yeah. you have a third, a neutral third good. Um, <laughs> this is literally like 30 hours into like a 40, 45 hour playthrough. Uh, I had not sold anything, mm-hmm. anything because right. I didn't, I thought these were all crafting materials. I didn't know any of them were just convert this into money. Right. And so there had been a few points where I was like, man, my avatar is not uh, as powerful as I would like her to be. Right. Like I just, I haven't been able to upgrade like a weapon. I haven't been able to do like some of the things that I, or buy like plug-in chips. Like I, I want, I want to have a slightly stronger avatar for how much stronger like the enemies are getting. Cause right. my skill level is not going up as fast as the game's difficulty levels going up. 
And when I realized I had what turned out to be hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> worth of random crap, I just it was like I was a trust fund kid who had like <laughs> like a, or like a rich uncle died and left me their mansion. Like I just went to every shop and just bought them out. Nice. I upgraded all. I upgraded weapons I had never equipped because I I just <laughs> had just the, yeah, yeah just had the money. So like I bought like certain chips I wanted. I did like uh like weapon upgrading that I wanted to do, and then I was just throwing fliff around like nobody's business. And I was like, okay, this is kind of a weird moment because I got appreciably far into a game that I was not great at mm-hmm. right without engaging with this mechanic at all. Right. And I was like, what other mechanics am I not engaging with and how far into the game could I have gotten without engaging with them? Right. So uh, I said this out loud on stream and and one of our, our patrons that happened to be in chat was just like, Oh yeah. It's one of the weird things about this game is it has all these subsystems and none of them are required. So they don't like beat you over the head with them. And I was like, I I can imagine my feelings toward this changing moment to moment, right? Like if I'm struggling to kill a boss and it's because I haven't upgraded my sword to the super sword, but I had all the resources to upgrade it, then I don't really love that system. If I get through the whole game and I never engage with this one mechanic that would have made things easier, then I'm going to pat myself on the back and feel like a super elite gamer, right? So it's it's like this it's a big high risk reward. Like there's a lot riding on, hey, this mechanic was optional. But if you had known about it, you might have chosen to engage with it. And you may be angry when you find out it existed all along. Sorry, I had to cut some silence. I was like right in the middle of writing this down. Um, Yeah, no. And and that's and again, like that's that's not ideal, right? Because ideally they want you to be kind of aware of that. But I felt that the menu system was just kind of a little overwhelming because, you know, it's just kind of like, all right, man, you know, you've got you got your map. Okay, cool. And then you've got some items, some you can equip, some you can't equip, some of them are free use, some of them are this. Okay, okay, all right. And then you got your weapons, and you got your primary weapon, and your secondary weapon. And weapons can be primary or secondary, and it took me a minute to figure that out because I was like, oh, okay. According to this, it's got a primary attack and a secondary attack. Okay. But then when I use my secondary attack, I'm just kicking people. What is going on? It's like, ah, because you don't have a secondary weapon equipped. And I said, okay. And then I equipped a secondary weapon, but it took me some time. There was nothing took me some time to realize i'm like okay there are some rhythms that i can get into where i'm using both my primary and secondary at the same time but that took a fair amount of time there was nothing like helping me to say you know hey if you hit square square triangle square like that's the normal like way to do it uh, as opposed to you know square 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 triangle triangle which is not going to get you where you need to go um well and there's no enemies where it's like oh you have to start your combo with a heavy attack to break their guard right right like that I, I literally can't remember that happening even once, right? If if your playstyle was start with the starting sword, never upgrade it, and just press square to victory, like that, you could get through the entire game that way. Yep, absolutely. And uh, and so that and so like I said, like that was kind of uh, odd to me. Also, so and again, like the the enemies have one real telegraph, right? Which is their eyes flash red. And it makes a cool noise. Oh, I must, I must miss that. It, it's there's a lot of mechanical noises happening all the time, mm. but it, it makes uh, kind of like a like a machiney like metal grating buzzer kind of noise. Like I can't, I mm. could not. I'm, I'm not Michael Winslow. I could not even begin to imitate it. But it, there there is a noise that goes with that. So, but anyway, so two things with that. One is that so one of the things that and and again, it's it's not fair to really compare God of War to the game because I was just happened to be playing them at the same time. One of the things that God of War does that I appreciate is that 
is that they'll say, um, hey, uh, this person's just doing a normal attack. Hold up your shield. This person's doing a yellow attack, which won't penetrate your shield, but will knock you back and you can parry it. This person's doing a red attack, which means you have to dodge, right? And then later on, they added blue attacks, which you counter in a different way, right? But they're kind of like, hey, do you, the goal being that you want to feel like you know what you're doing, right? So the game is giving you hints, so that way you can feel like you, the player, are a little bit better at this than, than they actually are. They yeah, actually but are. because you need access to information that Kratos, the Spartan, the ghost of Sparta, would have access to. Right. And the easiest way to get that into your brain is with colored circles. Exactly. Um, this game, I just really deeply struggled with trying to internalize the time frame between when they flash red and when I need to dodge, you know, and I just never got that rhythm down. So, you know, about 80% of the time um, they would flash red being like, ah, they're about to attack. So that means I can get one more slice in and then I got to dodge. Right. And they tag me, you know, and so then the problem is that when they tag you, they do a pretty healthy chunk of damage. Right. So you've got 1,400 hit points, but you kind of have five hit points, you know, so at that point i'm like you don't need it quantized quite that much right tell me i've got like 20 hit points you know and they're, and they're each doing five damage like that sig figs yeah right <laughs> you need them <laughs> yeah like oh you, know, you have 1480 hit points Is that a lot Is that a little i don't know <laughs> so i really struggled getting that rhythm down which therefore made the combat last fun and the unfortunate thing that we realized as we were talking is they gave me a solution to that problem that was way less fun which is just hang back and shoot them with my gun you know yeah, yeah. And so since I couldn't get the <laughs> the rhythm down of like how to hit them with my sword, and so the risk there was I could take substantial damage, which I could heal, but now that's costing me money, right? Which means I'm going to have to grind more to get the money back because I didn't know about my bolts, right? Anyways, I say all that to say like, okay, or low risk, low reward, just hang back and shoot them forever with my gun, which is boring as all sin but so boring it is so that's what i did most of the time i would just hang back and shoot everybody with my gun and then when somebody got close enough i we were already worn down enough i could just tag them once and then move on right but yeah so so i say all that to say that um players will sub-optimize the fun out of your game especially when you know like so for instance kratos take again god of war just to because i'm playing them both at the same time you could theoretically just stand back and like throw the axe and grab it and throw the axe and grab it but the enemies make that basically a non-option because of how many there are and how fast they gain on you. Initially, most of the robots don't move that fast. You can really just hang back and, and kite them and shoot at them. So God of War lets you know, like, way off the bat, like, yeah, you can throw the axe once, maybe twice, but then you got to get into it, man. You know, in Doom 2016, yeah, you can stand, stand back and shoot people, but, I mean, the minute you get hit, you got to get up in their face and glory kill them because if you don't, then... You're, you're you, in trouble. You, you burn. Yeah. Uh, this game, I felt like I got all the way to the, again, spoilers, but the, the two twin Gemini, whatever. Oh, kiddos. yeah. Yeah. I got, I got inside the spaceship. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I got, I got to them w without that strategy failing me substantially. Yeah. You know? Right. And, <laughs> and this is where in universe feedback, that's a little looking right into the camera might have been helpful or uh you know oh you you died so we need to put you through this virtual training sim like your program mm -hmm. is going to go through this because even though it will seem like it's happening in real time it's really instantaneous it's something some bs conceit right uh what i found worked and i honestly don't remember if i arrived at this on my own or if somebody in in chat was like you could try this um was hyper aggression right so uh I also happen to have been playing God of War and 
uh, near automata at the same time. And what I said to you, because I had to do this was mm-hmm. I had to stop right. playing them at the same time because the combat in God of war is crazy satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. It feels like every, every time you connect with something, you feel the weight, right? Yeah. And and there's a difference between uh, the ax and the chaos, uh, the blades of chaos, right? So like down to, Oh, this is like a fast slicey weapon. And this is like a heavy chopping weapon, right? It's just really a lot of effort put into your dodge roll doesn't feel that fast, right? Mm-hmm. Because Kratos is not a spry little man. Yeah. So, so they, they put a lot of, uh, like game design, I guess, into the weight near automata. She is basically an infinitely light goddess of air right. who can m- move impossibly which does kind of make sense narratively because she's a robot right kratos is a man he's a god but he's also kind of he's made of meat yeah made of meat she is not made of (laughs) meat so uh once i started not only being hyper aggressive but uh because there isn't a lot of weight to anything you're doing you can basically dodge mid sword swing so it is not uncommon in the later part of the game to have these like mobs that are overrunning mm-hmm. you where I would literally be pressing the dodge button and the murder button basically at the same time mm. because I was like either they're not about to hit me and I'll hit them or they are about to hit me and I'll dodge and that's weird right. like it's 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 weird <laughs> it's certainly counterintuitive yeah it's it's weird tactically to be like I'm never really fully committing to an attack because her dodges are so magical mm-hmm. right i mean it makes like this blop like teleporting noise you get a plug-in chip at some point in the game that if you have it equipped when you it's called a perfect dodge when you it does the blomp noise um if you have that plug-in chip equipped when you do a perfect dodge it slows time for mm-hmm. everyone but you nice. which is super fun because yeah. you do one perfect dodge and instead of having to continually perfect dodge to get out of the situation you can now just wail on them but the thing is you can perfect dodge forever if you just keep pressing dodge and and it does pretty generously lean in your favor and be like, well, there's a pretty wide window of perfect dodge. Whereas like God of war does not have a big wide window for perfect parries and dodges and stuff. So I, I couldn't keep both of those systems straight in my mind and in my fingers at the same time. Um, but to the game's fault, it doesn't really do a lot to communicate in a video gamey way. Hey, you know how when she's on screen, we kind of paint her as being pretty aggressive. You should play her <laughs> super aggressive, right? right? Like I need a, like more, more signposting. Right. And, and I think that, um, so agreed more, more signposting would be helpful. And I think that too, um, I think the, the problem again being is that they give you a, a ostensibly better solution to that problem, right? It just yeah. wastes your time and it's less fun. Yeah, because it's so weak. It's so weak and it takes forever. But again, it's it's just the okay, well I can't really figure out how how to be hyper aggressive because I don't know that that's I don't know that's a solution to the problem. I know this is, right? So maybe this is just the solution to the problem. Here's what I would do is um I would because I think that again players want to play a game, right? Keep it's that that weird floating robot thing, right? Your pod, your I think pod. is what it was called. Yeah. yeah. Keep its ultimate attack, right? Because that has a cooldown, right? So you're only going to do that once every five, ten seconds, right? So that immediately tells you, the player, like, I'll leave you doing something else, right? Like, there's, you, you, obviously, we don't expect you just to shoot a thing and then wait and shoot a thing and wait. But that's the problem with the, the Gatling gun is that I felt like I was doing something the whole time. And instead, even if you wanted to keep that mechanic, then just have me target a guy and say, live link to that thing and then just have it do the same dps but don't make me shoot it 
Because then, again, I'm not doing anything. I linked to the guy, I used my ultimate attack, and now I got five seconds where I don't have anything to do. What am I to do? Probably go up and hit it with my sword, right? You know, that would then, again, I think, kind of move you in a direction as opposed to, no, I'm doing it. I'm shooting him. Yeah. Yay. No, and and the opposite uh, is also true, which I think is also bad, which is it does enough damage that i'd rather have that damage being dealt right and there are certain bosses and and some enemies that are they're either always flying or they fly sometimes which means sometimes you can't go poke it with your sword Mm -hmm. and so what do you do you shoot it with your robot that has a gatling gun equipped to it right so what i started trying to do and i found very uncomfortable on my hands was I need to be holding down the please shoot your gun button while I am trying to do perfect dodges and swing my sword, which I actually got okay at. Nice. But it's not, I mean, it hurt. Like, <laughs> it's not, it's it's very weird, but it is more optimal because even if it's only 5% more damage, it's 5% more damage. Why would I not take that, right? There's plug-in ships that yeah. only give me 5% more damage and I want those. Yeah, so, I want more damage. Yeah, so I, I think my frustration was this is... um like dexterously more complicated than I want it to be. But I think the deeper problem is what you just said. Like if it feels like you can just sit here and let your, your robot servant do, do, the, do the heavy lifting, yeah, yeah, do the job for you. Then it disincentivizes the player from being like, I should probably get it. Like I should get up off my ass and go do some work. Right. right. It's like, uh, it, yeah. I mean, it'd be literally like somebody saying like, Hey, um, you can get all of your landscaping done in one day of hard labor or it'll take three months, but it'll be done completely for you. You're like, uh, I guess the second one. Yeah, that one, I guess that sounds okay. Um, So the last thing that I kind of have, and this, this will be interesting because this one actually caused me some like actual reflection is, um, I mean, all of it did, but this one, (laughs) this one, I was like, I don't like this and I don't know why. And I had to really sit down and think about it. And again, I compared it to God of war because that's what I'm playing presently. Um, What of the story I played, I wasn't finding super engaging up to that point. Right. Um, I'm sure it gets way better later, right? <laughs> the problem to me is the delivery method, but go on. Okay. So, and I thought about it and I was just kind of like, okay, so what, what's the, the goal in your automata or at least what, what is it? Because pres- one, the way they present it, I'm like, okay, just, can you give me the twist now? Like this is, <laughs> there's a twist, right? There's, or- a, there's at least one big twist, if not several, you know? So when it was like, oh yes, the aliens came down and like did a thing, right? So, you know, you go down and your goal is to, Win the war against the uh, you're an android is to win the war against the robots the the machines the machines right and so okay okay so then you go down there and eventually a bunch of machines give birth to Sephiroth and then you beat him up right <laughs> and, and that, it, I mean no notes it, it is it is one hundred percent Sephiroth yeah yeah I was wondering if I was going to get any pushback on that but yeah, nope. no no I said same thing Sue said same thing it's obviously Sephiroth yeah I mean, oh hey it's Sephiroth. Uh, so anyway, so then you know, you go into and you're like, oh, all the aliens were dead the whole time. I'm like, okay, well, there's the first twist, right? And then there's Sephiroth and Sephiroth Light, right? And you go, you and then and then the problem is uh, one. This is a minor throwaway thing, but uh, it was not quickly or clearly to me telegraphed enough that I am supposed to lose that fight. So I burned a ton of resources trying to kill those guys, and I always hate it when games do that, right? Yeah, I'm fine with you giving me an unwinnable fight. But have them put, especially in this game where it's all robots, it's like have them put up an item dampening field to where I can't use my items. And that will tell me, ah, okay, now I, the player, know not to burn everything I own trying to kill these guys, right? Or thinking like, did I screw something up? Should I have gone to several different places before here? Anyways, because I don't think that that's the feeling they want you to have. What they want you to feel is powerless, not confused. Right. You know? Um, anyways, so that's kind of the, the story. 
here's here's the issue that I had because I was like, man, I just don't care. But why? <laughs> you know, like I just don't care about any of this, right? And I was like, but why? Because I do really care about God of War and its story and what's going on. Here's what I came to: is um, there is an episode of Star Trek that I think is very very apt for this, and I've been I've been waiting to pull this in, right? Okay, yeah. So um, you remember the episode of Star Trek where? Uh, uh, Beverly Crusher gets pulled into the warp bubble, right? And everybody's yeah. just slowly disappearing, right? And so eventually it's just her on the ship. And she says, um, you know, computer, you know, what is their function? To explore the, the galaxy. I, I, am I the only person on the ship? Yes. And what is our function? To explore the galaxy. Do I have the skills necessary to accomplish that goal? No. Then why am I only, the only one on the ship? And it just like kind of glitches out for me. She goes like, ah, got you there, right? <laughs> so here's the thing is that like, I'm not saying that these types of stories can't be told, but in God of War, what is your goal? Uh, the second one or the, the first one? The fourth one. Fourth one. Uh, to uh, put your wife's ashes on the tallest peak in all the nine realms. Right. That is something that you can achieve. And then all of the other stuff you do is like ancillary to the fact that you're trying to get that one thing done. Yeah. All, some, all obstacles to that. End. All obstacles to that goal that seems like a goal that you personally can get done. So you, Kratos, are very important and, and Atreus are very important. Your journey is important because... You are the only ones that, if you don't do this, it just simply won't get done, right? You are a soldier in a grand war, and the only objective that you're really kind of given is to end the war. And I don't have the skills necessary to get that job done. So I really had trouble, like, empathizing with 2B, where I'm like, oh, it's like, I've got to stop this thing. I'm like, or don't. I mean, there's apparently a lot of you, you know? So, like, if I die, then I am just, especially they, they really... I think made a mistake in the beginning when they show you flying in with like five other people and they all die. I'm like, all right. So apparently we're all relatively expendable because they just had five out of six of us die. And, and nobody seems that upset. Yeah. And everybody's like, Oh, I guess more, more of you people died. I'm like, okay, so I'm just like, and then I actually died, but then I got brought back. So I'm like, so we have like this kind of, from what I can tell semi endless army of robots. So there are no stakes, right? Like if I don't go explore this cavern of robots, then somebody else will. You know, and 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 okay. So I'm not I'm not saying that the stories where you are a soldier in a war can't be told, but you need to be more specific on like, hey, yes, our goal as a allied troop is to win World War II. But what you, you know, uh, uh, Chris uh, Christopher, uh, what, what's his name? He's Captain America. You, Captain America. <laughs> um Chris, christopher reeves christopher reeves yeah <laughs> i almost said christopher walken i was sure that was wrong <laughs> um you uh um, it's me captain america yeah yeah you captain america you need to do this one specific thing because if you don't do this one specific thing all of these people are going to die i'm like okay i get that right i may not win the war yes i get that that's the overall goal and maybe all the step many adventures i go on many missions i go on will eventually impact the overall war and it'll build to that but initially i'm just trying to save that guy but none of that's explained to you. Your goal is to go there and kill a bunch of robots. And I'm like, okay, so my goal is to go exterminate a bunch of people. I don't think I'm the hero here. And I get that that's what you're trying to drive home, but you got to give me something that I care about. Go rescue another, you know, Android. And then I kill a bunch of robots because they're just robots. Right. And then I feel bad about it later. And so then finally, and then I'll stop monologuing for a second, but when <laughs> Sephiroth and Sephiroth Light showed up and they're like, oh, but there's more going on. I'm like, of course there's more going on. I'm sure that there is. I'm sure that there's other people that can take care of it. I'm sure I can just upload my, I don't know. Like, what are the stakes here? Like, what if I die? What if I don't die? You know? And that's what I struggled with getting into it. Uh, Steve Rogers, by the way. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Drager. <laughs> so um, I agree with you. 
the problem, if you take the game on the whole, is that they spend too long in that I don't know why I'm supposed to care about right. this, right? Because they do eventually raise the stakes and make you care, right? But there's a lot, and and it could be again, there's a lot of elasticity to it because how good are you with the game and how much time are you spending on side stuff? Mm-hmm. If you're spending a lot of time on side stuff, you may not get to oh, there are real stakes now for ages, right? right? Like twenty hours could go by before it's like oh, okay, here are the stakes. So essentially, uh, and I mean, I said spoilers, you said spoilers. This is going to be like real spoilers. <laughs> so there is. Uh, planet earth and the androids are on a space station and mankind is on the moon, right? They had to flee when the aliens came and released their machine army. And now, uh, mankind is on the moon. Androids are in space and the machines have basically taken over earth, Mm -hmm. right? And so your whole function as the Yorha core is to win the war against the machines because most of humanity was wiped out. And so they can't mount a defense on their own, but they can supply and maintain like the, the androids. So go win the war. Right. And so at that, like with the stage being set that way, uh, it is very like, Oh, well if I die, another soldier will just take my place. Uh, what you find out, uh, in the, um, Sephiroth and Sephiroth light fight is that. Can we say died Sephiroth? Yeah. Sephiroth and died Sephiroth. Um, is (laughs) is <laughs> Sephiroth zero <It's> zero calories <laughs> not caffeine free though yeah no, no so yeah. don't drink don't drink it before bed um <laughs> uh you find out in that fight that actually the aliens are not only dead but have been dead for ages mm-hmm. and were killed by the machines right, right. so now it kind of sets up this moment where it's like but we were created in the image of man and you were created in not really like the literal image of the aliens, but like you're a tool of the aliens, just like we're a tool of mankind. Mm-hmm. So like, Oh my God, does that mean we will eventually turn against mankind? And it, it's not, they don't push that question really hard, but it is kind of out there. It's like, you are now essentially not that different from us, right? right. You have thoughts and feelings. You are not just mindless machines. You are androids, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you are machines, but you function more like androids. And it, it's very like, oh, I'm having a crisis of self. And then there's kind of a little bit more downtime, depending on how much you stay on the main quest. But what you eventually find out narratively is uh, mankind is not only dead, they were already dead, mm-hmm. as in like the aliens arrived to a dead planet. Hmm. Yes. The Yorha project is actually mankind attempting to achieve immortality. Hmm. The reason earth was dead when the aliens arrived thousands of years later is because humans started uploading their brains into like a supercomputer. Hmm. And then that went South. Hmm. And so there's there has never been a war for mankind they're all gone hmm. so the reason the yorha project exists and the reason the council of humanity is out there in space there is actually a server on the moon that is the backup of the last human consciousnesses hmm. that is what you are trying to do you are trying to cleanse earth and then you don't know what if <laughs> eventually maybe return the the humans to something right and then you find out that no there actually is no end goal mm. it, it the, like this program was written without a clear conclusion so this war will just last forever mm. yeah and then the so that that happens and you get this crisis of like oh god this is we're just dying endlessly right. and we experience suffering and worse the machines have been on earth for so long that they have evolved suffering right so now it's not 
you know, sentience destroying a virus. It's sent, it's, it's humans fighting humans, right? It's right. Every, everyone is miserable. Everyone is dying. Nobody wants this, right? There, there's a whole bunch of machines who are like pacifists because they're like, please, please just stop killing us. Yeah. Right? So like you, you get to that moment and it's like, oh man, this is crazy. And then the real, the stakes are serious now is some of the machines who are still fighting because most of them are, mm-hmm. um, they destroy the bunker. Hmm. So now backing up is not a thing you can do Mm. now death is permanent Mm -hmm. right and so then it goes on to where you have to decide like do we want to die fighting a war that isn't real and was never real or do we want to find a way to like live our lives because we are now the only version of us that will ever exist Mm. right there's a huge huge elastic amount of time between each of those story beats right because From from my point of view, and I don't know if this was intentional or if it's just the way I experienced the game, because I kind of I, I sort of went off side quests in like mm-hmm. the back half of the game. Um, I had this huge window of nothingness mm-hmm. in the front where I was basically just playing an action game and then this huge lore dump interrupted <laughs> by boss fights. Mm. And I was OK with that because I was there for the lore. Right. Right. But I was like, this is th- there's so much uh, variability to when like the happy lore chemical drips out that you could easily imagine someone saying, Oh, I thought the game had great pacing and someone else saying, I thought the game had terrible pacing. (laughs) And it's because not because they have different opinions. It's because their experiences were so different. Mm. And that's, I guess just a risk you take in an open world game where you can choose to engage with the main story on your terms. It's like, eh. yeah, Yeah. no, I I agree. But I think that, that at least setting the initial, like so i mean again to to use god of war as a, as a side thing like there's tons of side quests you can do kind of throughout god of war but you still kind of know like okay i'm I'm engaging in the side quest but I, I know what it is i have to do right and and it's and it's fair to say like you know yes having a game where you don't know what you're supposed to do that that can be a thing right i think what kind of turned me off to it was that it was and and this is maybe my own personal baggage i don't i, I honestly don't know but it was so clear to me that I was being lied to in the beginning that I just didn't. I was like, no, I get it. Can we get to the point where I get to be in the know? Because it's like, oh, yeah, mankind versus the robots. And I'm like, OK, so you've got like mankind fighting this like over the top villain. Right. You know, um, that's like so clearly evil. And you have such clear like methods of propaganda and all this other stuff. I'm like, there's, a, like I said, at least one twist, if not two or three. I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is like the moral debacle that you just said, right? Like that I'm interested in. Like, okay, is it worth continuing to fight this war or should we just carve out our own existence? Right? Like, and and even then like, okay, but eventually we're going to die. Is it worth, you know, dying for like this thing? But do I actually care about the thing? Like all of those kind of questions would be fine. But if that's where they wanted a lot of the draw or like the, the, the big wrestling to be, please put it, sooner you know i don't need 10 hours of oh but you know you know skeletor is gonna come get you it's like skeletor isn't real it's like but he could be but he's not super not it's like but what if he is it's like, yeah but he's not you know, you know what it is it's the uh oh and then there's this woman you know agatha harkness and she's pretty weird <laughs> she's up to something is that uh uh is that is that agatha harkness like the witch yeah <laughs> okay no i figured that one out on my own well i mean that was supposed to be a big reveal it's like yeah but you know i mean you give people enough time they're gonna theorize yeah, you know what i'm gonna make you pay for that right so <laughs> anyways i say all that to say that like I, again you know i i it, it's it's like you know i felt that i walked 
upstairs and I said, Teddy, is your room clean? And he said, yes. And I said, it's nice. Like, ah, but you can go check on my room. But first, see my one act production of Macbeth. And I'm like, fine, but we still need to resolve the fact that you're lying to me, you know? And so I don't know if it's just the the types and method of uh, of of stuff I've like consumed in media that made me very much like I get it you're lying to me or if it is super telegraphed you know but I was like yeah because I think that a lot of JRPGs tend to do this like Sephirothian crazy over the topness so maybe if you play a lot of JRPGs this is a twist right because it's not just Sephiroth trying to like do his mom like what's the I'm kind of I'm unclear on what the story is no you got it (laughs) (laughs) but anyways yeah so that's that's kind of my my final note so I'm not saying it's a bad game, but it did a lot of things that I was like, ooh, I don't like that. Don't like that either. And then eventually I was like, ah, you know what? I'll just read the novelization. Yeah, and (laughs) I I think that is what makes recommending a game like this come with a bunch of, like, instructions included, Mm -hmm. right? Because if I was going to recommend this to someone, I wouldn't, you know, oh, hey, did you play Nier Automata? Is it any good? I'd be like, well, um how do you feel about action games with like fairly intense combat where you have to be managing like a bunch of stuff? And it's like, Oh, I like that. It's like, great. Uh, how do you feel about like this, that, and the other thing? And it's like, great, great, great. It's like, how do you feel about you having an almost uncomfortable control over the rate at which the story is conveyed to you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. And it's like, okay. So then what you might want to do is like, keep cranking the difficulty down until you feel good about it and just do main story quests Mm -hmm. because the main story is great, but there's a lot of side stuff. And even though a lot of the side stuff is great, it can create this super unnatural rhythm. And there's something I want to bring up uh, that I, you may be able to speculate on this because you didn't finish the game. It'll be hard for you to, to empathize, but you could probably sympathize. Uh, The thing that I found the most jarring about the way the story is delivered is because this game has a, a lot of uh, like theming around backing up your data mm. and uh, you know, the, the kind of meta world equivalent of that is like new game plusing stuff. Right. And this game has um, how many letters in the alphabet? 26. This game has 26 endings, mm. right? Um, 20, like two of them are joke endings. Mm. And then there's the other four, like real endings, right. Or, or however it works out. There's, there's half a dozen or so serious ones. And then the rest are all like fast. Um, some of those staffs are amazing. So <laughs> 9S is, uh, he's like very curious about the machines mm-hmm. and just like engineering in general, right? Like he's always curious about like how the flying, uh, like power mech suits things mm-hmm. you work. Uh, when you finish the game the first time, finish the game the first time, uh, and then you start the game over, you actually play through the whole first part of the game again, but as him, hmm. right? So the whole opening, like where you are talking to 9S yeah. on the radio, now you are 9S hearing from 2B, hmm. right? And so you go through, and this is where I had a weird moment because several times 9S has dialogue where he says like, didn't we fight a robot like this recently? And I was like, oh God, is this a time loop? Is this like a weird, <laughs> are we going to do a time loop thing? Which they don't do. Um, or at least I didn't understand it if that's what they were getting at. Um, but you you end up in this weird segmented thing where each ending is a reasonable stopping point. It's not actually, an, it's not a conclusion, mm. right? So when you first beat the game, it's just like, that was not how the story ends, right? Mm. It was just in the middle of like the war, right? But because at that point you still believe the war is basically everlasting, you could 
choose to disengage at that point, mm-hmm. right? You beat, uh, you beat Adam, right? In mm-hmm. big fight, big showdown, and you feel good about it. And then it's like, yeah, we could, because then the next day we're just going to go to work again. Right. So you could stop there, but obviously there is more stuff to do, right? And and it's not until several endings in that you get to the bunkers destroyed, life matters, right? And it goes from being this faceless universe wide story to being this very personal story about her experience and his experience and how they want to live the remainder of their lives. There's a lot of funnel, a lot of field for you to wander in before you get to that one tree, you know? Um, nine S has one of the best joke endings because, uh, he's obsessed with machines and right at the beginning of his playthrough, you literally are up on like a, like a construction crane Mm -hmm. and there's the controls for the construction crane over here. And there's your flight suit over here. And if you go to the flight suit, the, the uh, prologue starts and you start his chapter. If you go to the controls, it fades to black and you get white text on the bottom that says nine S could no longer ignore his obsession with (laughs) machines and was never heard from again. Nice. (laughs) And then, and then the credits scroll like a million miles an hour. Like you have an old VHS tape on fast forward. And then it just dumps you back to the title screen. It's like, okay, try again. And, And so there's like, a non-trivial amount of effort went into making many endings like that, right? Like this is just the way this, this guy and this team make video games, but there's something very Mm non-standard about not, you can play the whole game and then there's an epilogue or you can play the whole game and then there's new game. Plus it's the game essentially ends five times. Right. And if you want the true ending, then you have to do the sixth one, which is not easy by the way, because it involves playing through reloading realizing that you can actually now reload using a chapter select, which no one has mentioned until now. So you Mm -hmm. get this chapter select in like the 12th hour, and then you have to chapter select to the final boss fight. And then you get like a yes or no question. You say no, instead of yes or yes, instead of no, which then puts you on the path to the true ending. And then you have to do a bunch more crap. That's super hard. And then you get the, do you want to delete your save file moment? And I gotta be honest. Personally, I felt like it was worth it. Mm. It was hard. I knew it was coming, right? Like I understood yeah. like what the big final reveal was at the very, 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 very end. Um, but going through the slog is what makes it so hard to recommend right. because to tell someone these narrative moments where the characters have real stakes and they have real feelings and you care about them at this point and you're interested in the world is worth. Imagine if you couldn't recommend the fellowship of the ring until someone had read the Semerillion. Right. right. Like, no, no, you can't decide if you like Lord of the Rings, then go back and read the Semerillion. You have to read the Semerillion. Yeah. Then read the fellowship. Yeah. No, I think that, uh, so to your point, right. Like, I think that to me, the way I kind of look at it is I like it when video games make me feel feelings. I judge them on how long it takes for them to make me feel feelings. You know, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> so that's the thing is that like, if God of war can take like a 20 hour experience or the last of us can take like a 20, 30 hour experience and like, make me feel deep feelings that stay with me forever. And then the other game's like, I will also make you feel deep feelings. I just need 60 hours of your time. I'm like, so three God of Wars. I can feel all of the feelings. Like, are you making me feel three gods of wars worth of feelings? (laughs) Because like, that's what I could be doing with my time, right? So I mean, like, you know, there's, I think, a number of different ways to where you can get get to that level of or again like take celeste right you know i mean i know that everything comes back to celeste right <laughs> but i mean celeste made me feel feelings and that's like a 10-hour game right with very limited narration right um so they made me very attached to like uh to celeste and theo and even um 
Uh, Madeline, sorry, <laughs> Madeline, Madeline, and Theo, and uh, I was like, that can't be right. Uh, with it's Mad- actually it's Doctor Celeste. Yeah, that is Celeste <laughs> Monster. Monster. Yeah, <laughs> who actually wrote the book, um, Mary Shelley. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, but like when um, Madeline and Madeline, like when Madeline is like, no, fine, you win. I'll just go away if you want me to. I'm like, no, you know, like I'm feeling like legitimate feelings there. So I say all that to say that I am not sure that again you know like maybe if i played through it all but like that that like hey do you want to delete your save file moment right you know um even if god of war had done that i would be like but no there's so much more i want to do you know so that moment i feel like i'm bummed that because i want to i want to get that moment but i can't i don't think i've got 60 hours worth of money to spend to go get that feeling i'm more likely to just look up somebody else doing it, which again is way suboptimal because I'm not feeling the feelings. I'm watching somebody else have the feelings. You know, I'm watching somebody watch a movie as opposed to watching a movie. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, any any other? Yes, I think I think we did a good job doing basically a nostalgia goggles on your automata. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, I mean, because there's just there's a lot of game, yeah. and and sixty hours is not hyperbole. I think it literally took me fifty to sixty hours to get all the way to the true ending, and I admittedly had to turn the difficulty down at one point. Right, so. I don't know if I ever would have gotten there if I had to get good. So, uh, yeah, I don't feel bad about using this space for like a uh, throwback nostalgia goggles. Yeah. Huh. yeah, that was good. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land. Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you've lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less on how you saved the day. 